filmmakers and movie goers. Hey, this doesn't work. We tried this last time and it doesn't work. By the way, this is the second recording of the Easy Podcast, episode 59. Episode 59 and a half. Apparently, sample rates are a thing and I had mine to the wrong one well and so, i had the usb plugged into the computer at the same time while recording and we think there's some which that's interesting to find out and maybe a little bit of notes for anyone that's using the roadcaster pro um i don't know what firmware you updated i'm to, on the latest stable firmware not the public beta so not the beta yeah it's like okay. 2.03 um, right now. if you have if you have the usb cable plugged in while recording it does a weird compression thing to like your dialogue like as you're talking it'll just cut words off yeah we think we think so we think that's what's causing it yeah hopefully i mean we checked the settings i did tests with it unplugged and it seems to be working okay now as far as we know so we think that but uh, the the culprit here we are take two um we're facetiming each other you can't see that but we're gonna do this all over again yeah, uh, which is fine because it's you know what we had to talk about last time was so important we thought we needed to do it again. Yeah, and first before we get too far down the road, I'm gonna apologize in advance if Zach happens to belch in the microphone because he's drinking a beer during this one, and uh, which mean, is fair. Uh, I was drinking one last night, but now I'm yeah. I've switched to lemonade and now I'm kind of feeling left out. But just a forewarning. Just that's apologize. that's how I felt last night and you know what who it's corn it's corn season yeah this is you know i need a little day beer that's right that's right it's all good it's it's just a well you know i mean it's five o'clock in australia (laughs) it's it's well past five o'clock in australia yeah so we're good you're good yeah um it's uh not a paid sponsorship but uncle bear's brewery and it's a barclays peanut butter cup porter it's pretty delicious it's when like it's cold, peanut butter cup. <laughs> when it's cold, I will recommend you drink it very cold, or else the peanut butter taste gets it real strange. It needs to be uh, under fifty-eight degrees consumed. Yeah, whatever my fridge is at yeah. right now. And then I got a little, I got a little cup of ice. This, what is this podcast even? Cup of ice. Okay, cup of ice. People, he said yeah. he's got a cup of well, ice. I, I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to water it down. But you can't see it. But I'm, I'm, I'm. Oh, I see what you did. The, okay, yes, you put. Yes. You, I'm using it as like a little cooler. Yeah, he's got a tumbler, a plastic tumbler with ice in it, and then the can is inside the tumbler. Okay, all right. I'm thinking here. Thinking. I'm using my big, big adult brain. <laughs> but um, yeah. So what do you, what you been, uh, what have you been up to? What have you been watching? Oh man, dude, I've been watching all kinds of stuff and. <laughs> notes are gone so i don't remember actually i remember most of it so actually yeah it's one that you recommended which was bong jung ho's uh snow piercer with chris evans i watched that yeah um, Man. in addition uh, to a number of other things but i was uh well, what did you think of it i liked it i thought it was cool and the one thing it was with ed harris's character towards the end and he's kind of breaking down the different classes and um, uh, spo- spoilers for Snowpiercer, I guess. I mean, dude, it's not it's not a new it, film. Yeah, it was twenty fourteen. It, no, it's like 10, or something. ten years old. Yeah, it's pretty old now. Um, but yeah, I, I was 
you know, and I know that there there are people that really think that that's how it should be. And of course, there's going to be different classes, and you know, people are in different places, and and what and whatever. And there's nothing that you can really do about that. But the attitude about it was what was really shocking to me. Yeah, you know, he it's was real, just kind of like this very passe about like using kids to labor in this. Uh, like right dude so matter of fact about it too yeah yeah i mean great acting <laughs> yeah everyone's really good in it yeah. um especially the, uh, the the name escapes me but the main actor that's in parasite as well he's in this mm-hmm. he is a he have a beard or he just have like really long hair i can't remember um, it's been it's been a yeah, long I mean, time he had a little bit of a beard here, but, but long oh he has like a goatee sure. thing yeah. yeah he's got the Fu Manchu yeah, thing that's going right. a bit yeah, and then um, you know we're sitting here talking about this like we didn't just talk about this twelve hours ago. But uh, <laughs> what you, you mentioned there is um, well, we, we talked about Tilda Swinton and how mm-hmm. she's just amazing in this. Oh, and she, she's so she, good in everything she's in. She was so good. I mean, it was like um, it was a reflection of Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It was like yeah. you wanted to punch her in the face and. You know, when they can get you to that level of emotion, it, you, <laughs> that you would cross lines that you normally wouldn't. <laughs> I'm like, she right. was, she was really good. Yeah. And uh, you never evil. look at arms. <laughs> you never look at arms the same way again. No. Yeah. I know. Poor, poor Chris had two arms. Uh, he's really good in that movie, though. I, I think that that movie, uh, it's, it's not my favorite uh, I think Parasite is probably my favorite, and Mother is really good too. But um, that, that Snowpiercer seems to get a lot of love on the internet, and uh, I mean, rightfully so. It's it's good, but but yeah, I you know I think I think it's 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 good, but it 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 gets a little bit too much praise. I think online, it's just uh, well, you don't get to Parasite yeah. without Snowpiercer first. So no, sure, it's one of those uh, things. Yeah, the the big budget. Well, it's not big budget, I guess, but it is, you know, it's, uh, an, an, I guess known property. I mean, Snowpiercer was based off a graphic novel and, uh, yeah, definitely him being able to do that lent the ability for him to be able to go out and do parasite, which, uh, by the way, like I didn't realize how much of parasite is on a studio, um, like backlot and set. It's amazing. The amount of like the whole house isn't a real house. They built all of it. And then even the second story from the outside shots are just green screen. Um, so yeah, it, I, it blew me away that that wasn't a real place somehow um, because it definitely looks. Like yeah, a real it place, feels but it feels like it, like the way it was shot for y- sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's a really smart thing to do. You know, if you're able to do it in, uh, you know, they built the house exactly how the director wanted to build the house, and so it worked perfectly for how he wanted to have angles and. Um, character interactions and stuff. So, uh, you know, that that is one benefit definitely to creating from scratch what your set is going to be versus trying to make a house work. You know, your vision is completely intact, I think, if you're if you're able to build sets and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely hats off to him for that. But, um, yeah, I've been watching um, uh, the Harry Potter series, which I think you said mm-hmm. you, you were watching also. Yeah, yeah. I started. I it's, started on one, and then I got distracted with Money Heist and 
a couple oh, other right. things, and so I'm kind of all Money over heist. the map. But I'm going to go back to the to the. We're going to do the marathon. Yeah, how's uh, how's Money Heist? I haven't gotten into that. Uh, Money Heist is good, actually. It was surprising. I mean, it is trending on Netflix. Top one, I think it's number seven or six or seven. Oh wow! Yeah, it was a Spanish series. It was shot in right. Spain, so the original language is in Spanish, but it is overdubbed in English. You know, with captions and whatnot. So uh, the first like episode and a half, I you know, it took me a minute to get over that. You know that that whole kung fu theater effect, but um, yeah, and then you, you switched it over though, mm-hmm. and it's good, yeah. and and it's yeah. and the story is actually I'm like four episodes in on part one, and it's uh yeah, it's it's pretty witty and well written and uh, yeah I like it. I mean, there's some. There's some gratuitous parts that I fast forward through, but <laughs> yeah, I yeah I've heard I've heard really good things, so yeah I'm gonna have to check it out. It's not like I don't have time for it, you know. Right now, there's um how how is it set up though for seasons or like parts? And yeah, it's weird, and I don't know if that's a Spanish thing or or what. But instead of like seasons, they they've got it listed as parts, and then each part has a number of episodes. I think like eight six or eight episodes per part and there's four parts right so interesting terminology but yeah i mean i guess it's the the chapter mentality we 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 kind of have been going through um legion from fx which is based off of the x-men uh you know comic series um and it's you know each episode of it is is called a chapter basically, which mm, is mm-hmm. is pretty cool. I mean, I think it's clever. It, it it doesn't force you to have some quirky name for each episode or whatever. So yeah, I I think that's a clean way to do it. But um, besides that, though, um, Formula One Drive to Survive I've been watching. Yeah, uh, we watched we we accidentally watched the second season first. Um, how was it doing that? I like I watched. Uh, I think I'm halfway through the first first season. Yeah. Well, it was weird because yeah, we didn't realize like uh, we got to the end of it, and and you know Netflix it kicks you back to the menu page or whatever, and it says season two episode eight or whatever. And we're like, oh, oops. <laughs> so we went back and we watched season one all the way through, and then now because we had like, oh, now we understand all of this backstory and all this other. You know, like who this person is and who this person is. Um, we understood the second season even better, so we watched it again. And yeah, yeah. It, it's it's really good um, storytelling from like a just almost fly on the wall. Um, there is interviews with it, but I and I don't particularly find the interviews like the look very aesthetically pleasing. They're they're pretty straightforward. Um, but the content is there. So like whoever is editing this is just solid. Like the, the team of editors are, are really good in this. And that's to me, what makes it enjoyable is them finding those stories, those little nuggets of moments and, uh, being able to just interweave this whole storyline for an episode that leads into the next one. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really solid documentary filmmaking. And, um, I, I think it's really, really good. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, speaking what of documentaries, I, yeah. I just recently watched Out of Shadows, 
with uh, Michael Smith oh, and yeah, Lori okay. or um, oh gosh, what's her name? I'll have to look that up. But uh, yeah, it was you know it's kind of I think some people would categorize it as a conspiracy type of documentary. Um, the it, it's uh, Michael Smith is like a career stuntman and has got a pretty extensive IMDb page. Yeah, uh, and been working on a lot of lot of stuff, and then he, along with, um, yeah, let me look it up real quick here, just because. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the conspiracy fans are, are you know, taking it and running with it. Yeah, as if it's like legitimate. Everything about it is one hundred percent factual. Yeah, I'm. Because it goes in, what does it go into? Um, like, what's well, it mostly yeah, about? Yeah, like it talks about Pizzagate. It talks about, um, you know, the issue. The, I mean, it, it, it tackles the pedophile issue in, in Hollywood, you know, with Weinstein and um, just that whole thing. And then they also dive into, um, oh gosh, what is it? They go into just the issue with CIA government involvement of of uh, yeah, and so actually you know from a filmmaking standpoint on the the documentary I think you know because they got into they they get into some really fringy stuff so so yeah. um, they get into human testing Nazis and uh, German scientists that were brought over after World War Two. They get into some false flag what? thing. With, I mean, yeah, does, yeah, it, I mean, does yeah, it actually just, have connection though? Yeah. They, I mean, it does. They're loose, but and 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 perhaps there's truth to that. You know, I'm not yeah. saying and there's not truth to what they're saying. I'm just saying is is that from a documentary standpoint, you add too many of these fringy things um, like that, and then the false there's a false flag event that got the u.s into the vietnam war and they put that in there and you know and the military cia manipulation of hollywood manipulating people and their narrative and that whole thing and and right and and what i so what i'm what i'm saying is so i say it clearly is that i'm not saying that there isn't perhaps some truth to that so don't sure. don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, from a filmmaking standpoint, the documentary you've got these fringe elements in there, which happen to be really fan favorites of the you know the conspiracy yeah. uh, community, and and so they love that, and they, they you know, and they just feed on that. And so I think as a film, if you leave those fringe things out, without some of those. Uh, sure, you know buzzword elements, and just focus on the main part of what you were talking about. I think it would have a lot more potency. Um, it's clear, and nobody's arguing that there isn't a pedophile problem in Hollywood. The the first case was reported all the way back to uh, 1921, and I did a jeez. After watching this, I spent some time doing research, going back from Weinstein and, you know, Podesta and um, right. um, uh, what's the guy that was allegedly oh, committed um, suicide in prison? Uh, what's his name? Epstein. Epstein. Yeah. So Epstein yeah. and, 
Kevin Spacey and, you know, just kind of dove into that rabbit hole for a bit. And, you know, the, the, the sad part to me is, is that there's very little punishment. I mean, going back to, um, um, Polanski and that whole thing. And, um, you know, and people just, these people, because, and I don't, and I don't know if it's because of their level of influence or because of how deep their bank accounts are. They just haven't, you know, been incarcerated. They haven't had this, you know, they've been extradited or whatever their, or their career has been, uh, ruined to some degree, you know, yeah. Uh, but they haven't served any like serious jail time or had to, you know, go through any serious rehabilitation or anything. So, you know, yeah. I mean, and even Polanski, he's like hiding out in another country. So yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, he went back to France. France doesn't extradite their citizens to anywhere else. Um, and then he's uh, he's dual citizenship in Poland and France. Poland refused to yeah. extradite him as well, you know, and it's like, okay, uh, what do you do? Right. What do you do? Uh, yeah, I know. Well, um, so what's that called again? Um, Out of Shadows. Okay. Out of Shadows. Again, you know, with the if, if you can if you can sit through and get past the fringy cringy parts. <laughs> sure. Um, right. There's some there's some meat there, and um, I think. I think it was pretty good um, outside the scope of, you know, maybe having 15 or 20 minutes too much of other stuff that wasn't necessary. So I've been going through the, we, we did all three of the Maze Runner movies, which is oh, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the Y generation yep. Love those. Uh, or whatever uh, dystopian, you know, Hunger Games-esque thing. Um but it's something about him, man. I just, you know, I, I don't know. We were talking last night and I was like, I don't know if it's, it's just that it has a singular director. So the same vision and voices throughout the whole trilogy or, mm-hmm. or maybe it's just because it doesn't, it's, it's definitely a lot, I think a lot grittier and there's not, yeah. there's not a humorous, you know, uh, upscale, high class, right. you know, flamboyant weirdness uh to it no like there's the more it's has. kind of more of this dark ang- anxious um yeah stru- life struggle that's happening i mean right. not not that there wasn't like this anxious life struggle in hunger games but there was there was uh mm, what's the right word i'm looking for it, f- it feels a little more grounded yeah like less sci-fi I guess, even though I mean they're in a giant maze with robotic monsters, but you know, yeah. like, and and it, it, there's flying ships and stuff, but still, it just it felt different. It felt, um, it felt more mature, I guess, in a lot of ways, and that that's kind of been, um, my my thought on it. I, I really like the second Hunger Games, but as far as the rest of them, I don't, I couldn't care less about them. Something about like. Um, even just the art direction in the Maze Runner feels more authentic, um, more believable. You know, like kids have scraggly hair or just they're just wearing like a T-shirt and jeans. It felt like everyone in the Hunger Games always had like a uniform or something. And that always took me out of it. And then uh, what's what's that other series that's just like this? Um, 
the Di- Di- Divergent series. Mm, yeah. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I haven't seen those. I but. mean, I don't think you'd be disappointed. I mean, Divergent is probably sits squarely in between Maze Runner and Hunger Games with, okay. with leaning more towards the Maze Runner side. Um, All right. Yeah. I, I wasn't off put by it. But you well, know, I know you're I not mean, a fan of the actress in it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care for Shailene, Shailene or Charlene Woodley or whatever. She's definitely the weakest link in uh, Big Little Lies. Um, oh man, that show is great, but she is getting acted over a lot by. But I mean, gosh, Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman, and it, it's just like, how do you, Laura Dern? Like, how do you even compete? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the second season with uh, Meryl Streep, it's like, come on, like this is this is insane. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know. I guess I can get Divergent a shot. I, I don't think they got to finish the series though. They didn't. They didn't make enough money, and then they stopped. So they stopped making the movies. And uh, at one point, they said uh, that they were going to make the last one straight to TV or straight to DVD or streaming oh, or something. from the bin. Yeah, so then all the actors were like, nope, we didn't sign up for that. We're and done. Yeah. Yep. Peace and out. They, just, they never made it. So Yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, really, I, I guess I'll have to check it out eventually. Okay, I'm here's kinda... here, I'm going to drop a bomb on you. You're not going to believe oh, this. Okay. This has nothing to do with future interviews that we might be having. Um, but... I finally watched, for the first time, Fight Club. Oh, ah. I'm acting like <laughs> I didn't already hear this last night. <laughs> You're trying to pretend to be let surprised. Me, let, me, let me tell you. Uh, I guess I'll just say what I said last night. Oh, my gosh. You've never seen Fight Club? No, and it wasn't spoiled. I did. I had no yeah, idea. That part is more surprising than that, yeah, that it's spoiled. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, I'm, how could I'm we shocked. even be friends, first of all? I'm, Secondly, how could we have been doing a podcast for over a year? And the, and the, no. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I don't I don't know how you didn't get this movie spoiled. And also, it's David Fincher. So, like, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, I know, dude. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't... I, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't see it. I've heard a lot. Spoilers you know, for I've, Fight Club, just I've, in case. Yeah, a twenty-year-old movie. It was great. Oh, Twenty-one, actually. Yeah. I think it is now. 99. 99, Yeah, yeah, I think so. Same year that uh, Matrix came out. Yep, a lot of things came out in ninety-nine. I mean, it was year. so good. I was like, dude, I didn't see the whole uh, it t- 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 uh, Tyler Durden being him. I was like, wait, mm-hmm. what? What? And so I It actually, feels like there was a million other movies that came out after that that were like Well sure, yeah, yeah. you know, like um Well the yeah. Matrix had a bunch of other movies that yeah came out yeah. after it that like Equilibrium and all the actually sure. Equilibrium may have been before the Matrix. I can't remember. It was yeah, weird time, but Yeah, I was yeah. I was like, ooh, memento meets uh A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, it was crazy. I was like, this is really well done. I mean, it's graphic. Yep. I'm like, dude, I could have done oh, without yeah. some of the heads being blown off and, you know, that stuff. It, it's such a it's such an amazing stylization, though. Like, the way it, he it, does his yeah. cuts and and to think that it was all, like, shot on film and, like, yeah. the, the morphing that he's doing with some of the film over. Like, it's just so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's seriously amazing, especially for 99. And the little bit of CGI that's in it still... 
for the most part holds up pretty well and it yeah, does and it doesn't it classic. doesn't yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel i mean it still holds up 20 years later it's like it didn't yeah f- i'm like man this could this movie could have been made last year and it would have been solid yeah it's almost like the quintessential uh 90s movie in a lot mm-hmm. of ways yeah you know it very much so like it just feels like everything the '90s kind of represented with the the grungy and and grind how like not grindhouse but grungy and like grimy everything about it, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, it was. It, I was pleasantly surprised and amazed. And actually, I need to go back and watch it again because now that I know how what the end is and what the twists are, and and yeah, go back and look for those clues. Yeah, and that, sometimes that's fun is going back and watching a movie for a second or third time and picking up on things that you didn't the first time. Yeah, which is exactly what I did with 1917. So yeah. thank you for that gorgeous segue. Yes, and dude, okay, I am super excited about this whole film theory that, that you've uh, put together. Film uh, theory? What's that, Eric? Yeah, so if you don't know or if you're curious from that, that mysterious Instagram post that Zach posted last week that uh, had had clips from 1917 in it, and it said film theory coming soon. Um, I'm excited to report to you that um, Zach is working on this segment, which will be diving into film theory, dissecting different parts of uh, feature films, um, popular and maybe not so popular, but... Um, and providing examples of different elements of film theory. So super stoked on this. And this will be a series that will be released on YouTube um, with clips, of course, um, on IG and other places. But Zach, tell us more. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, we, we've talked about what other content can we do for, the, you know, the the YouTube and and all of that. And I I came up with well you know I, I've had a big love for why movies are filmed a certain way or why they use certain colors or certain compositions and uh, props and things like that and so I just thought as I'm watching 1970 like there's so much imagery in this um, that sticks out like if you're really looking for it that uh, I got really excited about it so I was like I, you know I got to talk about it um, and so it's going to lead, lead into just a whole series of different things like we're, I'll talk about um, what you know what the meaning of color is in film and not just film in, in all mediums you know I mean uh, the easiest one to think of for me is like um, Morpheus wears purple a lot in the matrix and that can signifies like a royalty and which you find out more of in you know when they go into quote unquote the real world um, that he is kind of this higher up um, prince or king, if you will, um, that's really respected. And, you know, yellow means, um, oh gosh, uh, instead of brain fart, I can't remember what yellow means. Passion, maybe, you know, um, but, uh, and then red anger, you know, and all this stuff. So it's just, um, th- those are just colors. Mm, There's a lot more mm-hmm. to it than that. But so the, the you know, I'm going to have it in two parts, uh, one video, but it's going to be split in half, um, section wise. And, uh, the first one is, you know, spoilers for 1917, a little, you know, a little bit in this, but definitely in the, in the, the video. But, um, 
you know, the foreshadowing of death is going to be part one. And then the imagery of isolation, which, uh, no pun intended with that one where we currently are, but, uh, there's, there's a lot of imagery in, uh, 1917. Uh, the biggest one obviously being just the whole movie is supposed to be one shot. So that's, that leads right into the isolation theory. And, uh, the, that's, that's just what these are. Um, and oftentimes we're able to, um, look at directors and, and see interviews and stuff. And they say, Oh no, that was just there to fill the frame or that was right, there to yeah. do this. Um, and that's, that's awesome. But your subconscious picks up on a lot of things that somebody thought of. Somebody had a conversation about purposely put it in that frame that way. And, uh, it helped you connect to that story and why, you know, help sell that story a lot better. So, yeah, and that you know, the, the other thing that comes to mind in that regard is that somebody doing and 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 there there are happy accidents. Sure, right. Sure. That, that 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 and I mean, there's been too many times where I've been on on a set and it happens that wasn't scripted or that wasn't, and I'm not to prov from actors. I mean, that's obvious, you know, with you know, Mora. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a that's a favorite, but you know, right. doing different you know, props or set decoration or costume or what have you, or even makeup, you know, there's, there's these happy accidents and that weren't necessarily planned, but just work well for the story. And, um, you know, and sometimes covered and, and it just works. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to do it. It'll be up, um, on our YouTube, the easy podcast show. And, um, if you have any any ideas or any requests for movies that maybe I should get into, let, let us know. Uh, email us at theeasypodcastshow at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at the Easy Podcast. So um, it's something I'm passionate about. I think color. I think color theory for Joker. Color that's, theory for Joker that, would be pretty good. Yeah, I might mm-hmm. I might have to jump on that one. Yeah, that's so, episode two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you you might be on to something there, but you know I. I We've been talking about doing some different content, and I got nothing but time now, so I'm just gonna jump on it and and uh, yeah, have some fun yeah. with it. I think I'm, I'm excited. Um, you know, I I think it, what's really cool is is um, it it helps give back, right? So can't afford to go to film school, can still learn different elements, helps other filmmakers perhaps think of something that they didn't um, grow in their filmmaking journey and you know and that's what that's what it's all about we're, we're all about helping one another make better films and experience films in a deeper way sure yeah yeah definitely i've i've learned a lot from from youtube and uh every frame of painting and uh, cinematography database back when you know they, they were doing them and um you know it does get to be too big so I, you know, yeah. i'm not gonna be pumping one of these out a week but um yeah, it, there, there's a lot of wealth and knowledge on, on the internet, and hopefully hopefully I can I can just contribute to that a little bit, both of us. Sure, excited about, about uh, I mean, I'm excited to break down, so that's what I'm excited about. <laughs> well, um... In your buttery voice. Oh, come <laughs> on now. It's not like Eeyore just there. Okay. <laughs> no. Um... 
Well, let's let's talk about a piece of industry news that. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> that you're a little biffy about. <laughs> I'm pretty. Uh, I'm, I mean, okay. happy, happy yeah. and sad. Happy about happy the specific. A... Sad about <laughs> the general come yeah. that might turn out. And what is that? Yeah. So there's there's. Well, I'm talking about the AMC is in talks to fire Chapter 11 bankruptcy AMC theaters. Right. Sorry, not the channel. That has no relation. At and all they hired the greatest entertainment bankruptcy I mean, lawyer they're, in they're New York. They're hoping for the best here then. So they're not they're yeah. not just hanging out talking about what the options are. They're, right. It's coming. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's I kind of love it because it's, one of the worst theater chains in, I you know I'm gonna say the world. Uh, even though it is, you were saying it's a lot of people's best option. Yeah, I was reading this response. There's a Twitter thread, and there were I was reading this response saying um they were because AMC was actually the best theater experience in town, and I was like, yeah. What? I mean, I, that makes sense. You know, back where I'm from, like, we, we didn't have very many options. We had three options. Cinemark was one, which is the best one in Oklahoma. And had that then, in Texas, too, yeah. Yeah, and then um, the, the thing called the Warren Theater, but it's um, it's like a Regal Cinemas thing. Right, yeah. Well, no, Regal is nationwide, but it's like just some mm. sister branch mm-hmm. of them. But um, And then we had AMC, and AMC is just the worst in Oklahoma, especially. But... I mean, what what all do they have to it? The thing that sucks about it is like, I'm I'm happy that a terrible company is like having to maybe rethink their their process to hopefully that makes them better. But at the same time, I'm it's bummed that like all of these theater workers and stuff are gonna lose their jobs potentially, and that's that's what's yeah that sucks so yeah that i'm not uh i'm not happy for that i'm not i'm not excited for that i'm i'm just hoping that there's some sort of a wake up to amc to kind of just get their crap together and you know to stop sticking it to their their well i mean considering yeah considering how big it is though well that's the problem i mean and we've had that part of this discussion before is is that does this does this really is a sign of the times that does this impact people going to theaters? Are, are people going to return yeah. after this whole quarantine thing back to watching movies in a movie theater? I don't think so. I think it's which is a, a really bummer because time. that 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 experience. Oh, so you're not talking during the movie. You know, please don't. Um, but yeah, you're experiencing this story together with others, and and then you're and then you're talking about right. that ex- afterwards. So. And that's been happening for centuries, all the way back to sitting around campfires. You know, sitting around campfires. I'm, I'm bummed if this is a sign that, you know, theaters are on the short list here, and and they're they're going to be curved that gets flattened. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it. It's interesting because it's like if this company, which is the biggest theater chain in the world, can't can't have a savings enough to last three months. There, are, I mean, they're only a month into forced quarantine, right? And they're already talking about Chapter Eleven, like in the U.S. Other countries have been. I guess in that's true. I guess for that's true. Two and three right. months at this point. But if they're talking to a New York 
lawyer. That has nothing to do with their international branches, most likely, unless, I don't know. I don't know enough yeah, about legal things like does. that. But, I don't know. Um, yeah, it just makes me wonder, like, what's going to happen to the smaller companies? Hopefully they were better managed and mm-hmm. and they can they can take this time. Gosh, yeah. I mean, if, well, if our then, chains that we like die, I'm going to be real upset. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, here's the thing, right? I mean, people have this innate fear of getting some virus and, and you know, what's, what's in front of what, what is it next time? I mean, that, that fear may completely subside. Yeah. And this, uh, you know, speculating, but are people going to be fearful of going to a movie theater sitting with, you know, if they watched, you know, an airborne virus can spread to the entire theater from one person, um, you know, because of how air systems yeah, right. work and all of that. Yeah, we're months, if not a year away from people probably being okay with going to the theater. I mean, all these, all these distribution companies delaying things, it's like, I don't, you know, why? Just like just quit putting new dates on it because no one's going to be going to the theater this year. Yeah. Uh, and if they are, it's going to be very limited. Yeah. And, yeah, I know. Just I mean, this streaming thing, and this is the other part of that. And I, I text you when we were having a discussion. And the interesting thing is, is that now all the major studios, streaming platforms spun up within like the oh. last year. All this happened. Yeah, is that a coincidence? Uh, you think you think Hollywood released the coronavirus to no, their but, streaming but, systems? I mean, now who's conspiracy theory? I know. I but it, it just. For 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 one, I'm not I don't be, I'm not a big fan or believer of evidences, and I just think that that's an interesting. The way it lo- is very interesting. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm it, not it, saying somebody knew something. I'm not saying that somebody really they yeah, knew how it was going to go down. I'm just saying, I'm I'm one handful. <laughs> I just know how long. I mean, you know how long apps take to develop. Yeah, yeah. It's they about, couldn't. They it's couldn't about have rolled months, depending on the complexity of the application. Yeah. Sure. But you're talking about I an mean, infrastructure streaming platforms that that can support millions of people. I mean, they you know they grew you know 20 million people in the last two weeks. So yeah, have that kind of yeah. Inf- I I think I think that planning's been longer than there has been any sort sure. of knowledge yeah. for anything like. I mean. COVID-19, it came out in 19, 2019, so, uh, but it came out late. It's not, there's no way they could have had, I mean, in Disney Plus, yeah, yeah, it's just, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think there was any foresight into that. I think they were just all looking at the numbers of Netflix and they were like, we have to compete. Yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a reason at all. You're right. I don't think it's a reason at all, but I do find it intriguing that the timing of it is very interesting and that there's still money. They're still getting, sure. you know, subscription, getting people paying. I'm, I'm sure, I don't know what the, yeah. but you could get trolls on a Friday when it was normally supposed to release on, on your digital platform. Pay the 20 bucks like you would a ticket. Now it's one yeah, per household. And yeah, so the example is money. not the that I'm making here. It's it's <laughs> as you cringe. I'm like, no, you didn't. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not advocating. It looks terrible. That. I'm it just new movie, terrible. new release, new circumstances. Yeah. We are still able to to get that and consume that. And uh, I, yeah, I, I looked up. Well, I didn't look it up. It came to me somehow. I think in Twitter or something. But um, 
you know, we were talking about the Trolls movie, and I was just rolling my eyes last night when we were first recording this, and <laughs> yeah, it just looks, it, <laughs> no, it frustrated me and annoyed me in the trailer, like, I, I, it almost gave me a headache, <laughs> but um, the numbers, though, it's, yeah, yeah, the numbers, though, have, it's the highest purchased streamed movie, I think, ever now. Wow, really? Yeah. I haven't and, even looked. I mean, I, that makes sense. You got a bunch of parents at home trying to entertain their kids yeah. somehow. Like, hey, and, go watch and, this for two hours so I can. Yeah. Having to, yeah, having to be homeschooled and just be at home all the time. Yeah, it's rough. So it, do, it doesn't surprise me that that many people have bought it. But still, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy that that movie, I mean, it, but if they went and they released something like, Oh man, a Marvel movie? They Scarlet Oh, oh wow. Scarlet Widow. Trolls Scarlet Black Widow what Black Widow. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna say. Let's see. Trolls World Tour breaks record, biggest digital debut ever, according to Forbes. Uh, I want to see the numbers. What Ridiculous. are the numbers? Of all the movies. VOD, Disney Plus. Yeah, because everything else was kind of already in theaters for at least a couple weeks before dumping it. I mean, like Sonic the Hedgehog was a month and then it went on, I think. So it had already made some box office money by then. But yeah, I, whatever. Um, it sucks that, you know, people are going to be losing their jobs. Hopefully this changes AMC for the better. Um, I, you know, who knows? Uh, you, you had mentioned last night though, that the, what the majority of AMC's locations are leased in like malls. So they don't have a yeah, whole lot of actual assets. Yeah, that's, I mean, I was thinking, you know, kind of, and I didn't do any research. I was just thinking, and I was like, why would they, like, if they own the property, right? Most most big mm-hmm. chains, you know, that do that in and out, McDonald's types of um, franchises, they own the property. And then they'll, <clears throat> they'll lease the space right. to whoever the is. And internet, in, in and out's case, they own all of those direct franchise, but... Um, and I'm like, you know, big right. corp that know yeah. that owning that land is an asset. So, but their business strategy seemed to be put a theater sure. where, you know, a lot of the kids and families, which is the mall. And so, you know, they're not owning the property in most cases, if any. And so they got elite and are astronomically high. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, just. I don't know. I don't know what that solution is. It's it's crazy. They have thousands of locations. Uh, again, biggest biggest theater chain in the world, from what I understand. So, um, hopefully, it comes out as a as a positive, just for everyone. Uh, but it, yeah, it, this this whole thing is this whole COVID nineteen thing. It's crazy. It's it's hitting things that you never would have thought. Um, yeah, and, and just. Going to the grocery store wearing a bandana and gloves and seeing other people in masks and stuff. It's just so surreal and crazy, and it feels like I'm living in a movie. But it's funny. Not funny. That's a terrible thing to say. But it's interesting that you know none of none of the movies ever got this right in, in, a, in a way of like they never got the slow build right. or the um, – the government being very good at their job turns out nope uh not not working out so well so not very competent um there is no uh special bunker in colorado that they everybody can go to mm-hmm. so um yeah it's just 
it's it, the apocalypse is a lot slower than I thought it was going to be. Well, what do you idea? Um, you know, because we were talking about uh, in the in the um, in the context of church, we were talking about people still meet. Like people were talking about, well, we can meet in the parking lot stand, but at least see people that we see. And I'm like, eh, you know, sketch. it's not the same. You're not going to stay in your car. Yeah, you're, you're just not. not. Um, especially not. No. In <laughs> and you're still yeah. going outside your house, and which is not what you're supposed to be doing. This idea, because this came out of that conversation, was drive-in theaters making a comeback. Uh I could see. We do have a local drive-in, and there are a few scattered across the country. Yeah. Most of them, the real estate has been gobbled up for you know malls or something. Uh, uh, right. Yeah, the, the, this is the issue. Yeah, they take up a lot of space. That's the but problem. But with technology, could we make a cool drive-in theater that would be... It would take a lot of money, and I'm, I'm really... I don't know if anyone's going to want to invest in something that's going to bring people together right now. And then also what's the long term of that? I mean, the coronavirus isn't going to be here forever. We'll figure out something eventually. Yeah, that's true. In five years, those, those 60 foot led walls that are playing the movies are going to be decrepit and falling apart. And no one's going to see those movies anymore. And all the land that you went to build those on is going to be worth nothing because it's it was built in some you know lower economic area probably because it's the only place you could afford and yeah it's just i mean because the one that we have in phoenix is in an unfortunately run down part of town and it's from what i understand it's not very safe to be at and uh yeah i I don't i don't i don't see it happening i don't see drive-in theaters having a resurgence yeah it's a temporary it's it it's a it's a longer term solution for a temporary problem. What yeah. I could see is maybe theaters like physical theaters right now setting up some sort of a portable thing in their parking lot that can mm. then be torn mm-hmm. down and they just show one movie a week or, or a day or whatever, you know, and then, right. then that upkeep isn't isn't r- ridiculous. You don't have six screens to worry about. and you're, But you're only showing one movie. Sure. But at least you're yeah, and then figure out broadcasting the audio to like a small arc that yeah. you could pick up on your Wi-Fi or your phone AM, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, or your phone yeah. yeah through an app. Actually, that would probably be the best way is have some Arkin, Harkins app. Mm-hmm. You just, whenever you buy the, the ticket, it, it connects you to that showing. And yeah. And online, there's no, but, there's, nobody's reporting any numbers. Universal isn't seeing any, any numbers yet, but they're saying it's record break, breaking. Oh, for home. trolls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think. I think there's going to be something else that comes out here. You know, it's going to be moved to to streaming only, and it's it's an unfortunate and weird time that we're in. Because I'm I love theaters, and I hope they don't go away, and I hope our favorite ones don't. And uh, it's sad. So, not 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 to end yeah. the episode on a bummer, but my AirPods are dying. So. <laughs> Uh, that, that's it. That's kind of, I mean, that, let me tell you <laughs> yesterday, let me tell you, um, <laughs> so let's keep it consistent. That's great. Yeah, when, when you use the microphone in the AirPod and the speaker in the AirPod, wow. it really drains the battery a lot quicker, yeah. uh, which is crazy. Yep. Cause I used to get like four hours out of each of these and only listening to music, but now I'm talking into it too. So whatever. Um, yeah, I think that about does it though. We've talked about everything. There's nothing else to talk about. For this week. For the biggest news, and we'll see what happens. Yep. So, uh, Eric, you want to close us out? Sure. 
Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to Babel for the last hour-ish and um, talk about all things Film Theory, AMC, Snowpiercer, and... Oh, I wish you could see Zach's face right now. So easily distracted. <laughs> the biggest yawn. Squirrel. Clothes, are you just tired? No, I'm just <laughs> yawning in general. I'm going to take a little nap. Anyway, let me start that over again. Thank you guys so much for Zach and I Babble for the last hour. If you want to find Zach on Instagram, or you can find him at Zach Abbott's. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram at Eric Thurston. You can find the Easy Podcast on Twitter and Instagram at the Easy Podcast. You can find us on YouTube at the Easy Podcast. And if you have any com- Complaints, questions, comments, or concerns, you can follow those to Zach at the Easy Podcast Show.com. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time.